Hello, I'm Wendy Rigby, host of Texas BioBytes from Texas Biomed. The Zika virus roared into the headlines a couple of years ago when an extraordinary number of birth defects were linked to the virus in Brazil. Of course, Zika didn't stay in South America for long, traveling quickly through Central America and then the U.S., where Texas and Florida have had confirmed cases of the mosquito-borne illness. The sickness is nothing new. Usually it's a mild case if the person who has it notices they have it at all. Now, Texas biomed scientists are working hard to create a useful animal model to study the disease itself and pave the way for an effective vaccine. Here's scientist Dr. Jean Patterson. We're interested in developing an animal model, particularly a non-human primate model for Zika virus. Although there are many rodent models for diseases, we tend to think that when you want to get closer to mimicking human disease, non-human primates actually are better. What animals are you using here at Texas Biomed? So we're looking specifically at the marmoset, and this is a new world monkey, a very small monkey, but still a, a non-human primate. Um, we've used them in the past, and they've turned out to be, for whatever reasons, excellent models of human disease. We've used them for other viruses. We've looked at um, Ebola and Marburg. We've looked at Lassa fever. Um, we've looked at adenoviruses, and in fact, they often, their disease course resembles um, more closely human disease than other non-human primates. That's the sound of marmosets in the wild. At the Southwest National Primate Research Center here at Texas Biomed, we have a colony of hundreds of marmosets, tiny little mammals with bodies about the size of a guinea pig. The way they reproduce is useful for biomedical researchers. Well, we, were, we infected um, four male marmosets. We wanted to start with males just to, because they're easier to get and to handle in the beginning. Um, and we inoculated four male marmosets with the Uganda strain of Zika, which is the original strain that people identified in, in the 60s. Um, what we found is that the male marmosets follow course of disease very closely to humans. You have an immediate viremia that lasts a couple of days. After the viremia, meaning the virus in the blood starts to recede, you start to see it in semen, saliva, and urine. And this is what they've shown in, in human males as well. Um, subsequently, we inoculated two pregnant females, um, and what we found was quite surprising. We found that almost exactly two weeks after inoculation, both females spontaneously aborted the fetus. The fetus harbored quite a bit of virus in it when we had it examined by collaborators at the University of California, San Francisco. Zika is tied to birth defects in babies of pregnant women infected with the virus, most notably microcephaly, where infants have severe brain abnormalities. That's one frightening aspect of this emerging infectious disease that has scientists looking at animal models during reproduction. We know that Zika causes fetal development problems. The most notable one, of course, is microcephaly. Microcephaly is a little hard to mimic, and so far none of the non-human primate models have ever shown microcephaly, although I don't believe that we would ever see it. We know that in the cases of human females that have been infected with Zika in the first trimester, it's, it's less than 0.1% uh, whatever show microcephaly. So showing it in, the, in, the, in an animal model is, is unlikely. But we wanted to sh see if that there was some fetal um, abnormalities. And clearly, these aborted fetuses suggest that there is some serious infection of the fetus. What are some of the particular challenges when you're looking at protecting people from a disease that can be passed to an unborn baby? 
We need models of disease because we need to test vaccines and drug treatments. Particularly in the case if you wanted to develop a drug treatment for a pregnant female, that's a very tough thing to do because as we know, you have to be very careful with the kinds of treatments that you would introduce to a pregnant female in large part because you don't know if the treatment could be worse than the potential of a disease. Scientist Dr. Suzette Tardif is Associate Director of Research for the Southwest National Primate Research Center. She echoes Dr. Patterson's emphasis on the challenges facing Zika researchers. When you have an, an infection that is going to affect pregnant women and, and the target population you're most concerned about is pregnant women, you have all sorts of complications with how to best address those problems because you need to make sure that you are addressing the problem but not doing any harm by addressing the problem. So that's where models come in and are not particularly important to, to trying to understand exactly what the virus is doing and therefore what might be the most important means of of treating, whether it's vaccines or some kind of therapeutics during pregnancy. What are some of the key questions your team is hoping these animal models can help answer? What's actually going on biologically? Why does this virus cause this outcome? There are lots of viruses that pregnant women are infected with while they're pregnant and most of them don't cause any poor outcomes. Why does this happen with this virus? And in particular, why did it happen with this virus the way it did in Brazil? Understanding the mechanisms behind that are critical to figuring out what's an appropriate treatment and what's an appropriate safe treatment, and that's the second part. So once you have ideas about mechanism and that helps you to define how you would develop a therapy or develop a vaccine, then you want to test whether that's safe. And that's particularly important when you're talking about pregnancy. The developing fetus is a vulnerable thing and you want to do your absolute best to make sure that the therapies that you're proposing to use are actually going to be safe, that they're going to help, and they're not going to do any harm. And models are important for all of those things. Why are these tiny monkeys particularly useful for this project? The marmoset is a value for a, a few reasons. One is that it's a, it's a very small monkey. So that's of value in terms of handling, in terms of expense, drug development, uh, vaccine development often involves expensive processes that produce a very small amount of compound to start with. So if you have a smaller animal that you can test in, that can be a more effective and efficient means to, uh, to move that testing forward. Another thing that is an unusual feature of marmosets as a monkey is that they have more than one fetus, so they give birth to more than one offspring at a time. But those offspring share placenta, and we believe the placenta is probably critical to what Zika infection is doing. That means that we have some opportunities to look at uh, some aspects of variation in outcomes 
in a pregnancy that you, you just don't have if you only have one, one fetus at a time. Dr. Patterson, just because Zika isn't making headlines the way it was a couple of years ago doesn't mean the health threat is behind us, does it? The work we're doing here will truly benefit the human condition. This is a serious issue. Zika infection is not going away. We're going to have outbreaks all over the world, and we're going to have more and more outbreaks, and we're going to have them in um, what are now colder climates where we're going to see mosquitoes moving north. This research is critical in helping people decide what they should do during pregnancy, how they can protect themselves during pregnancy, and we'd like to make sure that everyone is protected either through a vaccine or a treatment during pregnancy. Blood banks still screen the nation's blood supply for the Zika virus. As of this recording, there are no medical antidotes or vaccines for the illness. Much of Zika's impact and spread remains a mystery. You've been listening to Texas Biobites from Texas Biomed. We're at the forefront of infectious disease research, and we're enhancing lives through discovery. Our passion is bringing science to you. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and visit our website, txbiomed.org. I'm Wendy Rigby. Please subscribe to hear more episodes.